Hello and welcome to We Read This Last Night, a show where we talk about stuff that we had surface level knowledge on, but we essentially just read about it last night. And our topic for today is love. Name one woman you've loved. Oh, uh, whatever your mom's name is. I hope you die. <laughs> uh, so we are doing this episode because we are interested in love. It's totally not because I'm obsessed with Leila, both the book and the Clapton song. And so I think first of all, we're going to talk about the idea of love in an abstract sense. Yeah, the thing is, it's very difficult to talk about a concept like that that is so abstract and could mean so many different things to so many people. Like, no one knows what love is objectively. Like, the broadest consensus that people can come on as to what we define love as is just a strong feeling of attachment or attraction to anyone. But that's, like, the best we can at this point. There are many people who've tried to define love philosophically. For example, the ancient Greeks, they thought there were six different types of loves. So there's familial love, love you feel for your family. Um, romantic love, the most common one. Platonic love, which uh, is love without sex, like basically friends, but not really friends. It's complicated. It comes from the Greek philosopher Plato, who uh, defined it first. Then there's self-love, which is nice, like... It's nice that the ancient Greeks thought of that at like that point. It's pretty wholesome. And the last two lame ones, divine love or the love for God. And guest love, which is like hospitality, I guess. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, why would you love your guest? Like, the the last two are technically the same thing because like, Atiti Devo Bhava. <laughs> yeah, probably. But why am I obligated to love someone that just happened to, you know, step through my door literally i think i have the opposite of that like i have an inherent hatred for anyone who walks through my door yeah same literally anyway from a philosophical standpoint that's about the best we have because other than that some philosophers have such crazy theories regarding love you know they're literally all versions like for example um like these ancient greek buddies they got together for a debate and this guy called Aristophanes, he basically said that love exists because before humans existed, like, uh, like two humans existed in one body with like four limbs, which is absolutely fucking terrifying, like four limbs and two sets of genitalia. And then they were separated. And that's why one part seeks the other part, whatever. It, it sounds like something a fucking child would say, like, oh, yeah, we're all made for each other. It's so dumb. <laughs> There's this other, like, slightly scientific counterpart to that, which is like, uh, like you know, when the Big Bang happened, certain atoms were next to each other. So uh-huh. those are basically soulmates, and now they're looking for each other, which, again, is super lame. That's just bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm probably being salty here, but whatever it's it's lame regardless there was also this dude called arthur schopenhauer who was basically a german philosopher and all-around miserable guy so he said that uh the desire for love comes not just from it does come from all these things but also more importantly from a desire to continue our species because yeah obviously why wouldn't biology favor something that allows you 
that you know gives you an incentive to mate and reproduce and further your species so makes yeah. sense but again that's a pretty depressing and virgin way to look at love yeah yeah but the saddest part is that it's possible like it's highly possible probably yeah yeah but then again that does not uh, i don't know that does not validate all kinds of love it just validates like straight child centric love yeah like procreative love yeah so once we've talked about the philosophical aspect of this i think the next thing that we should talk about is this theory that so basically ever since we were kids in every single movie we watched there is some kind of love angle right like there has to be a romantic storyline in it yeah. regardless of what kind of like, not just movies movie like most is. most media movies and songs and books and almost everything we are exposed to yeah so we are constantly exposed to the idea of love and we are forced to believe that there's someone made for everyone and all of us must find love right yeah on some level that is true so if we did not have this almost kind of brainwashing then would as many people still fall in love I mean biologically speaking probably as i said you would need to continue your species but other than that i think i think you still would but it, it would be chill you know like there wouldn't be so much pressure on your head yeah but then is that like there's a difference between like attraction and like love right but you know the big romantic i don't know how it how would i know i still haven't differentiated platonic <laughs> and sexual feelings yeah but the idea is that if you just want to have kids if you just want to reproduce you don't have to take the other person to paris and like kiss them in front of the eiffel tower you know what yeah. is what this romantic aspect still exists Yeah, I think it was simplified before. Like it was just ape fucking, but then mm-hmm. humans just like complicated the fuck out of it. Like look at it now there's like like myriad different types of love and there's people doing all sorts of stuff to and be in love. And you still can't find any. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean like animals have it too. Like you know those animals who like they do a little dance. to attract their mate or like they yeah, become popular yeah. some bullshit yeah mm-hmm. they have it too but like humans we just like took that shit to another level yeah and like the the stories that we're going to be talking about after this will show like the these stories are the reason why we are being forced fed the idea of love constantly these are the stories that actually popularize the idea of love to such an extent that we can't have even an hour long kids movie without some sort of romantic angle to it yeah it's not just modern media like st- stuff like this and uh these sort of archetypes have been around ever since the dawn of human history and they're present in almost every single you know relevant culture so yeah mm-hmm. let's talk about those okay so the first story we're going to talk about is the story which led me to annoying you into recording this episode with me sure. which is leela majnu uh-huh so you know lord byron the poet guy who went to fight in the greek war of independence and then fucking died of a fever yeah that's sad yeah 
she called it the romeo and juliet of the east i think i would disagree with that because romeo and juliet is the lela majnu of the west yeah like a much cheaper copy of lela majnu yeah and dumbo yeah lela majnu is amazing lela majnu like i'm genuinely obsessed with that book what happens like can you elaborate okay so basically to anyone who doesn't know lela majnu is basically a story about how the, this is beautiful kid named kaiz uh-huh. and this beautiful girl called lela and they're in school together and they both fall in love and then like they, they're both from different tribes so lela that should father, always happens like that always happens in every single story like they fall in love but oops fuck we're from different families what now and a bunch yeah. of people get killed like this always happens it's so annoying yeah so um they both fall in love and then they're from different tribes right so naturally lela's father drops her out of school and fucking locks her in a tent for the rest of her life uh and majnu like he is basically like arabian kabir saying he walks to the marketplace singing about leila and he doesn't really think about anyone else and then people start calling him majnu which meant madman even though his name was actually kaiz and so that's the name that sticks with him for the rest of the book and so it's basically about how kaiz abandons his family and his tribe and stuff and he lives in the desert and leila gets married to someone else but these guys still love each other until leila dies and then majnu goes to her grave and cries over her grave until he dies and then people say that his body stayed there for like a week some people say it stayed there for a year and then finally they got buried together that's so fucking sad yeah and this is a very condensed form varna like i was explaining it to a friend of mine and I shit you not like I missed a lot of details but still the summary of the story took an entire hour to get through it's it's an amazing story I mean it's not so much about the love shared between Leila and Majnu I mean obviously it is but more so than that it's about what com- comes from that love the pain and the suffering that he has to endure from not being able to be with her mm-hmm. and yeah So, and for and like for the majority of the book he just see things from like Majnu's point of view right and so you're like you feel really bad for him but then like towards the end they show Leila's side of things and basically Majnu has been free to roam the world and like sing love songs about her openly but then Leila was locked in a tent she can't even talk to anyone about how she loves Majnu to her family doesn't know until the day she dies which is when she tells her mom yeah Leila can't do shit as well it's it's equally sad on both sides yeah and um it, it's just amazing and then uh it's the inspiration behind leila by eric clapton which again an amazing song yeah it's one of my favorite songs do you want to talk about the back story behind leila sure okay so um there's this dude uh, called eric clapton the guy who wrote this and uh he was in love with this woman called patty boyd and he wrote it for her but there was only one problem behind this the problem was that that chick was his best friend's wife <laughs> <laughs> so he couldn't really do shit about it but then he wrote the song either way like inspired from 
uh, the story of Leila and Majnu, obviously. And then he wrote this. And guess what? A few years later, <laughs> the woman leaves his best friend and then ends up marrying him. And so, yeah, that's the... <laughs> and the best part about this whole deal is that, okay, first of all, like, the best friend and Eric Clapton used to call each other husband-in-law. Used to call each other what? Husband-in-law. <laughs> that's the funniest shit ever. Yeah, and second, like, okay, so when Clapton was in love with Party Boyd, he went into this really destructive heroin, coke, and alcohol phase. As one and does. So, so he, one day he shows up drunk to his best friend's house, and the best friend just hands him an electric guitar, and both of them are, like, really, really good guitarists, right? Uh-huh. And so they have this guitar battle to determine who gets Party Boyd, and even when he was drunk, Clapton won. That's so cool. Yeah. I love the story and everything about it. Yeah, I mean, like, I wouldn't want to be the woman in this situation, but yeah. Why not? Like, getting fucked by two hot rock stars, sure, I would definitely be the woman in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then she doesn't really get a say in it, right? They're fucking having a guitar. I don't care. I, I don't care about that. All I want is two legendary rock songs written about me. Three. Three, yeah. We have differing views on this. But whatever, um, apart from Leila and Majnu, there are several other stories as well. Let's talk about the Leila Majnu of the West. Uh, sure. Uh, Romeo and Juliet, a, a brief, I mean, you, you guys already know the story. It's just two teenagers who fall in love and in the span of like a week get around 20-30 people killed. That's it. That's pretty no, much that's, it. That's the that's, entire plot. That's a dream. <laughs> Yeah, it's, and it's so fucking dumb. It's it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to be, you know, unbiased here, but <laughs> yeah, no, the ending is just it's it's not it. Like it's it's the most immature thing you can imagine. Yeah, like one of them pretends to be dead, and the other one sees that, and so they actually kill themselves. And so the one who's pretending to be dead looks at the actual dead person and they're like, okay, I'm going to kill myself now. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, yeah, in case you didn't know already, we clearly favor one of these stories over the other. Yeah, fuck Shakespeare and fuck the British. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's all their fault. It's fucking Britain's fault again in this hmm. episode as well. Yeah. Britain ruined love for us too, and now we have to study that chapter every time in school. It would be so much better if we studied Leila Majnu instead of this. Yeah, but like, there's this part in Leila Majnu where like, Leila is married to another man, right? Uh-huh. And so, like, obviously Majnu is distraught when he hears about it. But then Leila writes him a letter and she's like, the flower which bloomed for you hasn't been handed to him. <laughs> The the treasure which belongs to you, the key hasn't been given to him. <laughs> so basically, yeah, she didn't fuck the other guy. And when the other guy got frustrated and he was like, you know what, she's my wife, I can fuck her. She fucking clawed his eyes out or something. Holy shit. Yeah. Hindu shedni. <laughs> yeah, Muslimani shedni. Yeah. Anyways, let's just... Let's just fucking forget about the British and get back to the East. And mm-hmm. so another pretty iconic 
love story like almost star cross lovers um and then dear yeah uh, anarkali and salim which is also the inspiration behind the iconic song anarkali disco chali <laughs> yeah who would have known yeah but <laughs> so the story basically goes that uh, akbar who was an actual indian emperor had a son called salim who was his actual son and salim fell in love with anarkali who might have been fictional and uh, anarkali was basically this dancer in the court courtroom dancer yeah yeah and uh, salim and her had a thing and hmm. salim salim was a fucking brat actually like he w- he was like on opium like half the time and he was very arrogant and he's like mera baap emperor hai and he didn't give a fuck he was like average delhiite yeah yeah so he fell in love with her and he told akbar that he wanted to like bari her then akbar is like uski aukat kya hai wo dancer ki beti hai and <laughs> yeah in the movie mukhlasam uh, salim basically revolts against akbar just because of the statement but in the actual story akbar ends up killing her in the most creative ways possible like he builds this fucking not a room but like he builds four walls around her and so anarkali just like starves to death inside and that's it. that's how she dies Yeah. <laughs> I mean deserved Sally Desco chali. <laughs> But um obviously there are conspiracy theories surrounding this as well. Oh no. Some, not again. some people say that Anarkali didn't exist at all. Some people say that she existed but like this entire love thing didn't happen. Yeah, and a different name probably. Yeah, and some people say that Akbar didn't really kill her. He sent her off to Lahore, and then that's a good after, one. I like that ending. After Akbar died, uh, Jahangir, Jahangir and Salim are the same person. Yeah. So Jahangir went and like got her from Lahore, and she is Noor Jahan. Oh, she made a yeah. comeback. Yeah, but here's my favorite story. <laughs> so. So Akbar was Muslim, <laughs> and उन लोगों में चार wives आउट Okay, hear me out, hear me out. चार चार wives आउट हैं. So Akbar had like Jahangir wasn't Akbar's only son. He had another younger son, but the younger son and Jahangir didn't have the same mom. Oh no. So you're saying people... you're saying Anarkali was his fucking stepmom. Yeah. You're saying he invented the whole stepmom fetish porn thing. Yeah. <laughs> no fucking way. And and there is historical proof. There is no historical proof for this whatsoever. No, there is. So, What is it? So basically a harem is a room in a Muslim household where the women I don't have to... Yeah, but that's because to Mumbai mein rehta hai. Wahan pe teri family ke liye na from <laughs> Yeah, it's true, guys. I have like one room, and there's like a toilet, and in toilet beach, man, there's a kitchen cabinet. That's it. That's that's where my entire family lives. Yeah, and we pay fifty thousand rand. That's also the average IIT hostel. <laughs> yeah, so a harem is a room where all the wives use. <laughs> uh huh. Okay, so this one time, Salim was caught snooping around in the harem, and he was beaten up. and then akbar shows up with his sword to cut off the culprit's head off and then he sees ki ye to mera beta hai 
imagine, imagine getting cucked by your own son. That's just sad. You know, the, the story, the logical explanation g- given behind this was that there was a crazy man who ran into the harem and the guards ran behind him and Dusri Tharav says Salim ran behind him and Sa- Salim whatever, like threw him out or something. But the guards just saw Salim. So this, they assumed that he was the crazy man. And then this entire thing happened. But people say that might have been a cover-up for him snooping around, like, spying on his stepmom. Greatest, most powerful emperor in Indian history gets cocked by own son. Yeah, a whole new meaning to motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Apart from this, there's, like, other Indian epics and love stories that I like, too. And one of my favorite ones is Devdas. Okay, wait, hear me out, hear me out first for you. <laughs> like, most people know Devdas as Shah Rukh Khan drinking himself to death while Madhuri Dakshit like, dances in front of him. But what most people don't know is that Devdas is a very old novel. It's like a hundred years old. And there have been like more than 20 film adaptations of it. Like, there's, there's two really famous film adaptations. One with Dilip Kumar in it, who died recently, rest in peace. And the other Shah Rukh Khan one, obviously. So what basically is the story that um, there's this dude called Dev, and uh, his childhood love is called Paro, and they grow up together and shit. And then he wants to marry her, but Dev is like fabulously wealthy, and Paro is from a middle class family. And the other reason is that Paro is literally Bengali, so <laughs> he, yeah, yeah, he doesn't get to marry her. His family says no, and then um. She gets her dad gets pissed off, so he's like, fuck you. And then he marries off his daughter to someone wealthier than Davis in like a very charred move. And um after this, Dave basically gets depressed. He goes around drinking himself to death. And uh he meets this Probably because he got cocked by someone who was richer than him. It's not about losing the girl, it's about losing her. Th- that's one of my that's one of my favorite theories about Dave that's actually that he didn't really love Paro. It's just he started feeling for her intensely when he couldn't get her. Yeah, basically average Delhi wala. Yeah, his male ego was hurt. But yeah, he roamed around and then he found this like dancer type person and who was also probably a prostitute. And yeah, he finds solace in her. And even though she's... There's this whole trope which I like very much. It's called Hooker with a Heart of Gold, which is basically when... <laughs> Which is basically when there's like a prostitute who also has a very good heart, which is like ironic for a woman yeah. who engages in such immoral uh, activities, but that's the whole point of the trope. So yeah, I like that very much. Yeah, the hooker is probably the character I love the most in Devdas, but what I hate most about Devdas is that in the end, uh, the guy is basically like, okay, you're nice and all, but fuck off. I'm going back to the girl I loved in the beginning. And then he goes back to her and basically dies at her doorstep and all that, blah, blah, blah. But then um, there's also this other adaptation, which most people don't know of, but it's called Dave Day. And it was made by Anurag Kashyap. It's really, really good. It's like... Yeah, I, I think most people won't know Dave Day, but it's the movie in which the song Tawba Tera Jalwa is. So <laughs> that, that's the movie that you guys probably know. Yeah, Tera Emotional Latia Charwala. Yeah, but uh, it's like a hipster Dave does, right? So in this movie, instead of alcohol the guy does coke and instead of like the dancer the second love interest is like some anglo-indian prostitute but yeah and the american dream (laughs) yeah 
and Dev Das is this huge asshole. Like, it's not because his family doesn't want him to marry her. Like, that chick just comes to him. And he's like, Tere aukas hai kya mere se shaadi karegi. Manager ki beti hamesha manager hi rahegi or something. And then she starts crying. And then, yeah, yeah whatever. But the best part about Dev D is that uh, instead of, like, the original classic ending, this time, I mean, Dave basically does ruin his life. But instead of going to the first chick, he starts afresh with the prostitute, which is which is the best ending for Dave Das, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, like, they, they did the second character bad, the second love interest. Yeah, I mean, Madhuri Dixit deserves better. Yeah, sure, she does. Okay, but these were all, like, either fictitious or uh, legendary cultural myths or whatever. But there's many examples of great love stories found in real life as well in history. And uh, there are many of those actually. Like, for example, there's uh, Cleopatra and Anthony. Like, Cleopatra was the queen of Egypt. And then, like, at first, like, Julius Caesar went to Egypt. And then they had this thing, like, they both fucked. And then they, they cruised down the Nile or something, something like that. But then Caesar and her fell out, and then he went back. But then Caesar's, like, best friend, Mark Antony, he came. And then he did it with her as well, which, like, sure, bro, bro code. And, but yeah, like, theirs was, like, a better relationship because, like, by the end, when Mark Antony and Julius Caesar were fighting each other and Julius Caesar came to Egypt and it was, like, pretty obvious that they were going to lose, uh, Mark Antony and Cleopatra, they both killed themselves. Like, I think Antony poisoned yeah. himself and Cleopatra, um... She let a snake bite her or something like that. And asked for something, which is, like, a bug, basically, like... That's how she died. Okay, a cool fact about Cleopatra. Like, she's famous for, like, putting... Uh, I don't know. Like, she used to put pearls and something and drink. Like, she's famous for, for a lot of fucking things. Like, she she, she used to make, like, she used, black she lipstick. Used put, she used to put pearls in wine and drink it. So, wine is acidic and pearls are, like, Calcium, uh, I don't know, calcium sulfate, I think. Did that just become salt? I don't know, that's, that's the only science I know. No, but when she put it right, carbon dioxide was produced, which means the woman invented instant champagne. Holy fuck, I didn't know that. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, she made a lot of things though. Like, she made fucking black lipstick by crushing beetles. And then she invented a vibrator by putting bees inside it or something. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. But anyway, yeah. apart from that, there's also um there's a sad one. There's uh Dante, the famous Italian poet. Like he was in love with this chick called Beatrice, but it's pretty sad because <laughs> he only ever saw her twice his entire lifetime. Yeah, I mean even Lela and Majnu were like physically together for a very short period of time. Yeah, that's just, just fucking painful. Yeah, it was just like obsessive, but for a very short period of time, like over a short period of time, you know? Yeah, that's, it's like the, the, there's more kinds of love as well. Like from, like when I first talked about the Greeks, like further classifications were made, like there's unrequited love, which yeah, mm-hmm. the, the fan favorite. And yeah. uh, there's also like non-love which is what we are, I guess. Like, <laughs> no love whatsoever. That's a thing yeah, as well. Yeah, probably. 
but yeah dante was like obsessed with beatrice like uh most of his work and his uh poems were attributed to her he he so he viewed her as almost some kind of divine figure because he hadn't seen her in real life much so he just like made up stuff about her and she was like everything to him like almost like a god pretty much and that's cool like it is painful but it's also beautiful i guess i don't know yes yeah, speaking of the name beatrice man like you know lemony snicket the guy who wrote a series of unfortunate events yeah i know lemony snicket he has this other book called letters to beatrice and it's just that it's so good like i've only read bits and pieces of it but it's basically love letters to her and it's incredible like it's absolutely amazing yeah yeah one of my friends quoted that book once and it was it was really good yeah um other than that like in modern days is also this really cool story that i like so there was a zoo called edward the 8th who was basically like right now it's elizabeth the 2nd right he was mm-hmm. the guy before her dad so he was her uncle basically and he became king and uh he fell in love with this chick but the problem was that she was an american not british she had no royal blood and she was also a divorcee so uh, his desire to marry her caused like a huge uproar like it's not like now like where you can marry like you know how harry married like megan markle or whatever i mean she's a yeah, american yeah but countries. like it isn't like that wasn't a big deal either you know it's just like under the covers a lot but it is a big deal yeah it is probably but then imagine this like 80 90 years ago so it was a much bigger deal and he's like i want to marry her and they're like you can't and he's like okay what about this i marry her but she doesn't become queen she's just my wife like she has a title but they're like no won't work and then he's like okay what do i do then and they're like uh, either you don't marry her or you marry her and you give up the throne and he's like okay fuck it and he abdicated the fucking throne that's just so cool yeah yeah it is it yeah is he gave up the entire cool. throne and he married her and then i don't know lived happily ever after probably not but i like to think it did yeah and that's the reason elizabeth is the queen right now like if this guy didn't abdicate it would probably be his children but because he did abdicate his brother became king instead and then his brother died and his brother's daughter was elizabeth so that's how she's queen yeah i mean speaking of uh, british monarchs and unlikely love uh <laughs> elizabeth and um prince philip <laughs> they no. they showcase two kinds of love first of all obviously romantic love and, and familial, then familial love, love. No. i would just like to quote lana del rey i love the way they love <laughs> they're like cousins right like second or third cousins i don't know yeah this fucking weird like all of europe is like that because the queen victoria just fucking decided to like let her children marry every single monarch in europe so they're mm-hmm. all just and even before exists. that like they, they it was kind of like uh, pure bloods in harry potter you know like they wanted to keep it within like yeah. they wanted to keep the blue blood blue mhm so yeah there's a lot of intriguing which kind of explains their actions now there's also other lesser known mostly relevant stories like Shah Jahan who made his wife pump like 13 kids for him 
and then she died and then he built a monument for her and what else and then married her sister the next day or something like that yeah is that true yeah alpha move <laughs> and uh there's also the story of troy like yeah there was queen helen she was the queen of some greek state i don't even know and then there was the kingdom of troy and the prince of troy paris he went to greece and he's like oh you guys have a really hot queen and he just fucking kidnapped her and took her back to troy <laughs> and that pissed the king off and that's how the famous trojan war started like he's like i'm going to how dare you kidnap my wife like that because obviously and then he attacked troy and then a lot of shit happened and then they basically like burned troy in the end so yeah ladki ka chakkar maut se takkar yeah i think that's pretty much all you should take away from this episode ladki ka chakkar maut se takkar that's that's it that's the conclusion yeah that's the conclusion thank you for listening and we'll be back again next week <laughs>